So, so let me get this right. You're on the side that this is an absurd lawsuit. Well, I think I don't know if I quite go to absurd or outrage, but <laughs> outrage. But, but but kind of BSy. I mean, like seriously. First of all, do you have like a God-given right to a latte <laughs> yeah. to start with? I mean, yeah. you know, maybe you can't have lattes. God-given uh, right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> or is it in the Constitution? It was the top ten testament. It was number <laughs> life, three. Life, liberty, and lattes. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. Is that what it Pursuit comes to? Pursuit of happiness. To? Yes. Well, happiness can 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 be dependent. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another week, another episode. Of prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. Um. I don't think we had too much going on this last week. I mean, it seemed pretty chill. Uh, we talked about the crazy viral jumping over the judge last week. Um, <laughs> I was hoping to see some some feedback there. I think we just posted it today, so we got to wait a little bit uh, longer. Okay, yeah. Um, but that was something that definitely blew up. How how was your weekend? How was your week? Um, pretty quiet weekend, um, and week actually, not, not a whole lot going on here. Have some things. February is a very full month. So we're kind of, you know, getting ready for that, chilling and vibing for January and taking it it easy. Yeah. I mean, some kind of crazy weather for here, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, rain, rain, rain. And, uh, you know, for for most people, this is like no big deal, but, um, cold and rainy is not my thing. I love it. I personally love it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I guess mostly been hanging out. I guess I, I, I did have a, a epiphany, you know, in a, in a, a realization, I would say, is that, you know, I would say generally I'm a pretty, pretty happy guy. Like I'm pretty content with where I'm at. Always trying to push forward, obviously, right? Improve mm-hmm, in yeah. any way you can. Um, but I think I get lost sometimes in like my priorities and being able to set time aside for things. And one thing that has been constantly neglected has been going to the gym ah going to the gym as well as uh drinking you know i know that uh <laughs> wait a minute well for, try, so maybe a better way sobriety has been neglected oh wow um yeah and it's not like i drink a lot but i think i i just kind of realized what's the point you know, we, we I, I see it when you go out and we go out with friends. Like, I do like that. And that's not something I want to give up. Like, I think going out on the town or having, like, a nice, um, you know, dinner party like we were talking about with some of Christina's mm-hmm. friends. Right. I think those are events that, that are really good and I enjoy them and I like to drink and I want to drink at those events. But then, you know, we've we've had uh, weekend nights, too, where we just sit back and, you know, have a glass of wine. And I'm the type of guy that can have one glass of wine. <laughs> you know, if Yeah, I, you might have got that from me. <laughs> yeah, if I'm drinking, it's like, what's the point? unless I get a good buzz going. Um, and then I just kind of realized, you know, what's, what's the point of, of doing that on a, on a weekend night if you're just hanging out at the house and getting super drunk and then, you know, you feel like shit the next day and feel a little, a little bit off. And I always feel like it, it leaks a little bit into the week as mm, well yeah. where I just don't think as clearly or I'm not as um, quick, I guess, or witty. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And and that's something that it's been frustrating, and it's not like it really affects me a ton, but but something that I want to consider and, you know, not actively propose here that I'm not going to drink at all or not going to drink unless it's socially. I'm sure I will, but I'm conscientious of it. Interesting. Well, you know, it's kind of going around the whole dry January. Yeah, thing. I know. It's like uh, well, the I know New you Year's don't like that. It's like New Year's, that. exactly, exactly. But it's also, I mean, people being sober curious, or they call it mindful drinking, is really like a big deal. I mean, it used to just be, and especially like in my generation. I mean, that was just what you did. I mean, yeah. there were no questions asked, really. Um, but you know, later generations seem to be a little bit less interested, and some, you know, maybe are more into weed or something along those lines. But you know, alcohol just isn't the you know, the end all and be all for people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really interesting because just what you're getting at is kind of um, what, what's now referred to as this gray area drinking. And a lot of people, have you heard that term? No, I haven't, but I think that it, oh, it, it makes had, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of the black or white. And so a lot of people um, have decided to, to stop drinking simply because it's just not doing good things for them. But they're not, you know, they didn't have like some rock bottom you know, mm-hmm. major crisis where they, you know, quote, had to quit, but they started just looking at their life and saying, is this doing me any, is it doing me any good? And yeah. is it hurting me? And would I be better either with less or, um, or with 
none at all. Mm -hmm. So actually, you're quite on trend, apparently. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that I'm hip still yeah. these days. Uh, I think, and, and, and I had this realization with weed as well, is oftentimes when it's drinking or smoking, especially on the weekend, it's, it's to fill time. You know, yeah, it makes yeah, yeah. being bored a little bit more enjoyable. You don't have to go out. You don't have to spend money. You can just hang out at home. And hanging out at home is a little bit funner if you're, you know, under, under using substances, under the influence of something. Uh, and I think coming to that realization makes it a little bit easier as well to quit. Like when you're talking about hitting rock bottom, I think even when that happens, a lot of people aren't immediately like, wow, I just don't want to drink at all. Oh, oh I'm no, not they going really to. want to. They just know that. Realize they can't. The shit's going to hit the fan. Exactly. And, yeah, and life is just a mess. And I think this realization makes it a little bit easier where that desire starts fading away. Um, and you don't feel obligated to not drink. Like I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to say I'm done drinking or I'm not going to drink unless it's in this situation. I'm sure I will. But being conscientious of it is the first step. It's the first step. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because, you know, so um, when I stopped drinking, um, I didn't do it the AA way or anything like that. It was uh, with, well, there's a book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And there's one that actually you would probably like more, and Peter liked this one more. It was called, it's called Alcohol Explained by William Porter. But it's it talks about just exactly what alcohol does and doesn't do and how, you know, we've romanticized it and we think that it relieves stress. Does it relieve stress? Actually, no. It causes physical yeah. stress in your body. Um, you know, does it make you funnier? Actually, no. It makes you no. well, maybe maybe for like that first twenty minutes, but then you know you you're slower, and yeah. so and you're very quick witted. Um, <laughs> so even with alcohol, you're still freaking hilarious. But I mean, think how much more hilarious you would be. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it just it takes you down a couple of levels. Um, so and those books, the more scientific ones, and the fact that it's a habit and it's something that's so socially, you know, condoned and um, encouraged, yeah. um, you know, and when you really start looking at those things, you can actually just lose the desire to do it. You know, you don't, it's like, well, I thought that I really wanted to do it, but now I realize that I'm going to be more stressed. I'm not going to be less stressed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you might want to check that out. And since you drive all the time, um, you know, it's a good one on Audible too. Audible. So, yeah. yeah. I've been listening to obviously podcasts quite a bit, trying yeah. to sharpen my skills as a podcaster, as well as some, some, uh, audible books. But uh, on that point as well, I noticed too, when, when I go out, I think a lot of people as well as myself, you know, you think you have to have a drink or I'll, I'll have a drink yeah. and it'll loosen me up a little bit. And I think that is true to a certain extent, but I also feel myself getting into this cycle where I, I say to myself, like, one more drink and I'll be right where I need to be. <laughs> like, the next drink and that's going to be when I'm, like, fully loosened up and I'll be good. But you never really get to that point. And if you do, then it's usually messy and, and not good. You, know, you don't want to be at that point if you're in a social yeah. situation. Uh, so, so th And that was something I kind of realized a while ago. So, and, and it helped with not drinking too much when I go out or, or getting messy or anything like that because I think that's the worst thing that you can really do is when you go out to have fun you're with friends and you're trying to have as much fun as possible but then you end up drinking and making right. a fool of yourself and being uh, the and story of the fun. night yeah, yeah. <laughs> the story of the night is never good so you mentioned also uh, working out as a part of this epiphany. yeah yeah I, contemplating getting back in the gym yeah I, I've gone through phases where it's yeah, been you know, massive focus massive I focus know. on mine and uh, I have very bad black and white thinking where I think if I can't do something to my absolute max the best of the best fully apply myself then there's no point in doing it um you might have got that from me too. i've been working on that though yeah yeah and it's and it's you got to find that gray area not great drinking but you got to find that, <laughs> that gray area of applying yourself and, and recognizing that there is a benefit even if you're not getting the maximum amount of benefit out of it there is still is a benefit All right and it builds up over time and a yeah. little bit at a time and yeah well and and recently too i've been obviously working in web3 and, and staying at home and working from from my house uh i spend you know 12 13 14 hours a day on the computer in my room which i don't have a problem with i enjoy it it's nice but i also recognize there is probably some mental benefit to going out in the world. <laughs> some, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit, getting some sunlight on the skin, some yeah, vitamin in the D. the eyes, you're supposed to get sunlight in your eyes. Yeah, heart, heart rate up. So Social I, interaction. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't feel as if it's necessary right now. It's more me recognizing that down the line, long term, it would be healthy to start integrating these life practices 
so I don't get to a point where I feel like I need to. Well, and, and they say that sitting is the new smoking. Um, I mean, getting up and walking around and getting movement is, you know, huge health benefit. Yeah. Um, you know, and getting out to the gym. Like, I mean, I know that you used to absolutely get energized by it and really love it and, and be very excited when you saw gains and that sort of thing. So, yeah. so I, would, I would encourage that. Well, I guess that was just more of a personal antidote that yeah. I had come to that realization or, or had been mulling over this last week and wanted to share it with people. Yeah. Wow, maybe. big stuff, definitely. Yeah, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll keep sharing. you guys updated. I mean, maybe I come back next week and I say, fuck it, I got sloshed this weekend <laughs> and it was an absolute mess and a great time. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll anxiously await your reports. I'll be a little bit more obligated to do it now that I've, I've said it publicly. <laughs> Going on, though, uh, let's start with updates on cases. Absolutely. Well, the first big update is J and J antics. So Johnson and Johnson. Um, as we've talked about multiple times, you know, they've got all of these lawsuits going on, about 50,000 cases out there um, with regard to talc causing um, ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, then they also have cases um, involving mesothelioma. We also talked about how the states have been, um, have been, have sued them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and of course, the Texas two-step. Is the 50,000 just with the talc or is that across all of the cases that they open? Because it is several. Yeah, the 50,000 are just the talc cases. Okay, that makes sense. The individual plaintiffs, um, but right now um, they have agreed to a settlement with 42 states. So actually, 42 states and Washington D.C. So wow. 43 entities. Um, they, there's a proposed settlement; hasn't been finalized, but looks like it will be um, for 700 million. Um, that's going towards uh, towards the states. Um, and and the issue. Well, well, one of them doing this um, is kind of a part of a whole power play that they've got going on. They're trying to clear out certain types of cases, and what they're really planning to do is file a third bankruptcy. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and one of the reasons they want to get rid of the states is that arguably the states could continue their litigation even if there's a bankruptcy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so and they're just trying to kind of clear the boards. They've also been trying to settle some of the mesothelioma cases. There's a very small percentage of cases that involve the mesothelioma, you know, this, this horrible lung type of cancer, again, caused by the talc. Um, and so it looks like they're trying to clear those out, and they're trying to get rid of the states, and, and they have this master plan for their third attempt at bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is their uh, LTL management, you know, this entity, this subsidiary that they formed to take all of their liability with regard to talc, they are, they've actually filed uh, with the, the Secretary of State in Texas. They want to relocate that part of the business from New Jersey to Texas. So now it's going to be a Texas entity. And now they're going to take advantage of the Texas state law in the Texas two-step wow. and try to file a third bankruptcy. Mm. So um, will it be successful? You know, who knows? Um, probably if it was going to be successful anywhere, it would be more likely to be in its namesake state. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, and then Texas is, you know, not an ideal place for plaintiffs anyway, <laughs> even aside from that. Um, but still, you know, the, the, the courts that the New Jersey courts that have tossed it out previously have said, you know, this isn't what bankruptcy is about. Um, it's for a financial, you know, a financial, a, a company that's in financial dire straits, and yeah. they are not. They're fine. Um, and so they have not been allowed to pursue it. So we'll, we, I don't know if that, if it's going to be successful or not, nobody knows. Um, but what we do know is it's going to delay things again. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually, you know, a year and a half, maybe two years. Jeez. All right. And so, and then all of the lawsuits get paused. Um, it's called stayed. Um, and, you know, and these people, again, they're cancer, they're cancer victims and survivors and people have been dying. This is litigation has been going on for 10 years. Wow. And so, you know, we're going to do this again for another two years. Yeah, that's incredibly calculated. I'm curious how, because it sounds like the, you guys have this figured out for the most part on what they're going to do, what their next step is. Is this something that, how, how, how are you aware of their perspective and of their next steps? Is there something that's most obvious, for example, them taking the states off the, off the board here so that they can go for this bankruptcy? Uh, I'm assuming they're not announcing this, right? They're not saying... Well, they actually, they, 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 and they do a lot of announcements to their shareholders because one of the big issues that's driving them wanting to get rid of this and be done with it and file a bankruptcy, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. for that section, um, is stockholder concerns and their stock prices going down, and that you know is a huge effect on the on the, the business as a whole. So they have they they've actually said they were going to file a third bankruptcy last year. Um, you know, okay. yeah. So, so, so that was public, and then the rest of it, um, you know, they are trying to settle these cases, and you know, we kind of look at it and we say, well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it looks like a big master plan. That makes sense. So, yeah. And and with them relocating to Texas, I mean, like you said, the last decision was that they shouldn't be filing for bankruptcy because it is intended for organizations that are under financial distress, and that still isn't the case. Still not the case. Is what's the point of going to Texas? They think they're just going to try to run it back and see if they have better luck. If they don't have better luck here, can they just keep moving to different states and trying with new laws? Well, um, I mean, I guess in theory they could, but Texas is really their their best bet. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, it's it's so clearly manipulative that they're actually trying to move this entity to Texas. Yeah. Now, is Texas just going to say? Well, yeah, it's totally manipulative and you don't need the break, but we're Texas and we do what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, welcome to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess with Texas or go big or go home. And, you know, all of those sayings, we'd have to ask Fernie about all those. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, it seems like it's more of just a plan of pushing this out. At the end of the day, they just want to extend it, delay it for another year. Like you said, with the the cancers, I mean, it puts all of these cases on hold. It's been going on for 10 years. It's in their benefit to really keep this um, paused for as long as possible. It seems like that's the main goal. And if by some miracle they're able to pull off this bankruptcy, that would just be the cherry. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a win-win to them. I mean, the ideal win would be if if the Texas court says, okay, yes, mm-hmm. you know, and the bankruptcy goes through because then they don't have to litigate any of these cases. Basically, the money is in this pot and yeah. the bankruptcy court has to deal with distributing it and they're kind of home free. So that would mm-hmm. be, you know, great. But if they don't get their number one choice, okay, second choice is they get it delayed for another two years. Um, all of the plaintiffs, again, some of them are dying. People are frustrated. They want to get done. Would they be willing to settle Yeah. You know, in this pendency for less? Um, there already have were, you know, when, when this, these uh, first two bankruptcies were proposed, the second time there was a whole group of plaintiffs, attorneys and, and, and plaintiffs who wanted it to go through, wow. just basically get it done. Yeah. So will more people now start kind of flocking over to that side and saying, you know, we're just done. Let's just be done, be done with this already. It's shocking there's not fines or some type of action that the government's taking on this because the fact that it's allowed for them to almost so blatantly push this along. Uh, and almost manipulate the system, it seems, for the benefit of their own. I mean, how how can this be allowed? Well, I mean, they're they're, you know, you have your right to your 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 day in court, um, and all of the appeals that you're, you know, everybody's entitled to that. Um, but in theory, a judge could sanction them mm-hmm. if they found that it was, you know, a frivolous filing. I mean, it feels like. That pretty much that's what they said in the pretty Court of frivolous. Appeals last time, that it was pretty frivolous. And now that you're actually going to move to a different state trying to, you know, mm-hmm. okay, it's like, you know, mommy said no, and I'm going to go to daddy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what the heck? Well, and you said $700 million going to these states. It's spread out, I think you said 32? 42 and Washington, D.C. So 42 and 43 entities. 43 yeah. entities. $700 million for 43 entities, 42 of those being states, doesn't seem like a very large amount. It's it's not. Um, uh, you know, and again, that would go towards, you know, what it, it costs incurred by the state and there's health care, um, treating these people, that sort of thing. Um, but again, it's a, it's a compromise settlement. Um, and settlements are always, you know, good for both people. Uh, the defendant pays more than they want to. The plaintiffs take less than they want to. Um, and you always know that you have the possibility of losing and getting zero. Yeah. And, you know, and then also with the potential bankruptcy, um, you know, maybe the states are like, hey, let's just, you know, get this into our coffers. And I would think the government would have a little bit more of a strong hand here, try to big dick them or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it feels like the government's almost getting bullied around here, getting pennies on the dollar. And then also uh, having this this skirt around the system going to Texas or relocating to Texas. 
But uh, I mean, that's unfortunate. I, it's I feel like it's just right on on the peg for J and J though. Jonathan, oh my gosh, it's just you know it makes me so angry, and it's just like come on already. I mean, and it's just it's very it's very sad. Um, you know, because again, it's a horrible disease, um, and many many of these people have passed away um, or are likely to, and. You know, they, they didn't see justice in their lifetime. Um, their families are still pursuing the cases. Um, but it's just, it's just really, it feels cruel. And, and does this extend the statute of limitations? Because generally it's from the date that you should have been aware that your damages were incurred by, by a product or medication, whatever it is. Um, it's been 10 years that they've been delaying this. It looks like it's going to be delayed for another year or two. I'm assuming people can continue to bring in new cases and this is extending and hopefully as you know people either fall out of the lawsuit or or try to settle for less more people are coming in because they're more aware and there's more time. Well, so the statute of limitations would have to do with the time of when you were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So um, since you know it's been out there in the public realm that uh, the talc can cause uh, these cancers um, for 10 years. If you had cancer 10 years ago, yeah. your statute would have run in any state. But say that you get diagnosed, you got diagnosed a year ago, or you get diagnosed this week or next week, because again, the exposure, it can be years and yeah, years yeah. until you, you've received your diagnosis. So, so your statute of limitation, the individual one wouldn't start to run until you got your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, connect Well, at this point, like I said, it's pretty much in the public realm that, that, that yeah. would be the cause. So that's unfortunate. Well, I, I guess that's the one light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you know, I really try to see how this can be beneficial at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully it gets more eyes on the case and more people aware of the situation. So if there is anyone that has uh, complications with you know, this also coincides with, we talked a, a couple of sessions back about how because the second bankruptcy was dismissed, all of the plaintiff's lawyers were gearing up to start trying these 50,000 cases. And so, you know, that again, probably put some pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one uh, boot camp back in November, there was going to be a second one in February. And if they file, then presumably that's, but it, again, it stops all of that. It stops yeah. all of, you know, all of the workup and, and the prep and all of the, you know, the teams that we're being formed to be running all over the country trying these cases. Yeah, add more costs onto the law firms and the plaintiffs as well. That's just grimy stuff. That's really grimy stuff. Ah. Um, what, what other updates you got for us? Okay, um, update on the Killer Lemonade. Ooh, <laughs> Panera. Uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. name for it, honestly, at this point. <laughs> the killer lemonade. The I know you should have a good, a good, like, little lemon running around with a knife or something. Well, I would, I don't know. They should change that to <laughs> the new mascot of Energized Lemonade. <laughs> yeah, so we've talked about um, there have been two lawsuits filed over deaths as a result um, of the charged lemonade. Um, and just kind of to, to recap this lemonade, uh, it's actually served in the Unlimited Sips Club, and it, it has been self-serve, um, and a large one contains um, 390 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, healthy adults are, should be limited to about 400 milligrams a day, but again, when it's all you can drink, people are drinking more than yeah. one serving. Um, so there were two deaths and lawsuits that are pending, and now there's been a third lawsuit. This one's a little bit different. Um, this one involves uh, a woman who was, I think, 20, a 28-year-old woman, um, and she was a very healthy person. She was an athlete, um, and she went in, and she had two-and-a-half charged lemonade drinks. Jesus. Yeah, so this was in, in Rhode Island. She had two-and-a-half of these charged lemonade drinks. Again, totally healthy. And the other two people both had some pre-existing condition, as yeah. we've talked about. This woman did not, um, according to the lawsuit. This happened um, back in April of 2023. And then she started experiencing palpitations. Um, they got so bad that the next day she went to the emergency room, and she was diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. What's that? So atrial fibrillation um, actually is is kind of Peter's specialty. Yeah, anything heart related, I know we gotta. 
professional. Well, not anything, not anything. So he's he's electrophysiologist. So he deals um, with uh, with actually with irregular heart rhythms. Yeah. Um, so we always say he's the electrician, not the plumber. So he's not with the blockages, but he's with you know the electrical system gotcha. of the heart. Yeah, exactly. Well, wouldn't you rather have an electrician than a plumber? Or be yeah, a plumber sounds a little dirty. But yeah, no offense like, to any plumbers like listening. And stuff. Yeah, like that exploding toilet. Anyway, um, so so atrial fibrillation um, is a condition where you have um, episodes of rapid heartbeat, um, and it can be it can increase your risk for stroke. So if you have this condition, in fact, your dad um, uh, had the condition and oh. had an ablation. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he had. And so sometimes they can treat it with medication. Um, otherwise, they might have to do the ablation. Yeah. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Which is insane. You go through like an artery in the groin and it goes all the way up to the heart. Like I didn't even... Well, yeah, and you ablate or you like burn little sections of the heart that where the signals are sent. So you, yeah, uh, yeah. and and Peter could give you the the actual details on that. Um, So, but what she said is she did not have this condition before. After having two and a half of these killer lemonades, she had the condition, and now it's permanent. Um, Now she has listed quite a few symptoms along with it: Uh, shortness of breath. Uh, superventricular tachycardia, really fast heartbeat. Okay, that's like almost trying to flex on people. (laughs) I mean, just say he's got a fast heartbeat. Okay, well, there's different (laughs) kinds of fast heartbeat. This is SVT, which is superventricular tachycardia. And I actually know about it because I I had this years ago. Mm. um, And in fact, I almost met Peter. Oh, yeah. I many, many years back. Story. Yeah, because they were going to send me to him. And then it turned out that I had just been overdosed on thyroid meds. And that's why my heart was racing. So it wasn't a permanent condition. Anyway, that was an aside. Um, so so she's having this SVT, rapid heartbeat, uh, shortness of breath, palpitations. Um, she says brain fog, difficulty thinking and concentrating, body shakes and weakness. So when, well, and in additionally, she and her husband were considering starting a family, and now she's reconsidering that because she would be a high-risk pregnancy during, due to this condition. Okay. So I did discuss this over dinner last night with Peter because I was like... Seems like quite a bit. Well, well, I said a couple of things. I said, first of all, AFib, I didn't know that had anything to do with brain fog. And he's... I, that's, <laughs> well, that was going to be one of my questions. Is how long are these... Uh, symptoms going on. I mean, brain fog, I mean, like what, permanent brain fog? Like develop OCD from this now? Or, you know, it's... Yeah, so yeah, he, he said that was not normally a symptom of AFib. And most people don't even know they have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll notice palpitations or, you know, rapid heartbeat. But um, he said most people don't know that. Um, and the other thing is, you know, she's saying that this is a permanent condition and she didn't have it before. And just again, what I knew, I was like, well, that sounds a little bit bit strange if it if it's really from a lot of caffeine would that be something that would be permanent and he said generally not um mm-hmm. again he hasn't seen her medical records but um more often than not i mean and, and he sees a lot of times those people who use illegal drugs like cocaine or something yeah. like that i mean again i mean you could die from that of course with just one uh one use but you know it, it you will have that condition but it wouldn't be necessarily permanent from one exposure it would be like strained use over a long period of time that that strains the heart at least because of the continuous use yeah that's interesting also i mean you mentioned that she was healthy she was an athlete yeah i mean yeah. She was running, whatever it is. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, you raise your heartbeat quite a bit. Caffeine, yes, I, I, I can see, especially if you have predisposed conditions that make you a little bit more... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like the first one, the yeah, young yeah. woman who was 21, she had the long QT syndrome. Yeah. So she already had an, an irregular heart rate. But someone that's heartbeat. super healthy, I mean, you know, I've taken way too much caffeine before. You know, <laughs> I know all, you all, used to <laughs> just live on the yeah. Red Bulls and All of my friends have, and... though. You know, there's I've had friends that, you know, double scoop pre-workout and then drink a Monster while they're working out at the same time. To, to think that, you know, an athlete, someone that does have a healthy heart, went in and was sitting down and just slammed two lemonades and all of a sudden had this serious heart condition that is now permanent and now she can't have a family because of it. Seems a little... Yeah, I mean, and again, this is a a lawsuit that's been filed. We don't know what will happen. Um, I'm sure that she has a doctor who is uh, willing to testify or (laughs) planning to testify that he believes that that this permanent condition is related to the one-time exposure. Um, I suspect that the defense will be hiring um, a cardiologist. (laughs) Their own doctor that will say the exact opposite. will probably say the opposite. I don't know how that will all go forward. Um, I I mean, it definitely raised some eyebrows for me just because, you know, I mean, I, I know a lot about AFib 
since that's, you know, again, probably yeah. the number one thing that Peter does. He does do other things, of course, as well. But that's so many people have AFib. And the thing is that people don't have any idea they have it. So she could have had it and yeah. never known. But then she has this horrendous incident. And then they're actually saying, well, because, of course, you are probably for the next day, too, going to be racy. Yeah. Um, and then they start doing a workup and they find it. Is it was it caused by that? And if it was caused by that, is it permanent? Also, just the extent of lists of, of conditions or side effects that she's having that she's trying to add on top of this, like the brain fog. Well, the brain fog there. threw me. And I said to Peter, I said, well, what's that have anything to do with, with, with AFib? And, yeah. you know, wow. I mean, he was trying to be diplomatic. But was... <laughs> yeah, he's trying to be Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I think we're, we're both on the same page. And we've talked about this before. Well, I, don't, I forgot which episode it was that we discussed this. And Probably a couple because there, yeah. there are two cases. And the other, oh, one other thing, though, um, as a subsequent to these lawsuits, and they now have taken it, taken it off of the self-serve station. Thank so, God. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? But again, we kind of talked about this, I think, the last time, like, oh, right already. It's freaking lemonade. If people are dying. How much money are they making from this for exactly. them to be risking this? This is absolutely ridiculous. And I doubt people are p- choosing Panera over other restaurants because of this charged well, lemonade. I mean, also, I, I can understand. I, I am definitely going to pick something that has more caffeine in general because I'm just a tired guy. I'm a lazy guy. But uh, just change the recipe. Change the formula. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, not drop like it a little you're, bit. It's not like you could you're, drop it in half, and it's still quite a bit. Well, yeah, exactly. And then also, it's it's not like it changes the taste. You don't taste caffeine yeah. in your drinks. Yeah. You could change it, and no one would notice at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, so now that you have to actually go to the counter and order it, um, and then and then they, I think they also have like warning on the on the menu. Nice. I get a high school student that gets to you know figure out whether yeah. or not I'm gonna be okay having two lemonades. <laughs> what well, my heart conditions are. You're gonna, you're gonna have a minimum wage guy asking, "Hey, do you have any uh, predisposed heart conditions?" Maybe a little EKG station uh, set up. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you might not know you have a condition. I mean, maybe I'm sure it will help. Like it is a good step in the right direction, but also at the end of the day. It, the people that are working there, some might put in that extra effort. I would argue a majority of them won't. Majority yeah, of them don't yeah. care. They see a customer come up. There's a long line. They say, hey, can I get the lemonade? Not a second thought. Immediately go refill it and give it back to them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if these lawsuits continue to happen. I mean, it's strange because I don't recall seeing other lawsuits. I mean, not even like, you know, with the energy drinks. I mean, I know that I, guess, I think there were maybe some back in the back in the day, in the early days when they started with those. And I and I think people do know that if you have too much of them, it can be dangerous. I remember warning you about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's just like one of those things. We got so many comments like this on the Kratom post as well, where yes. it's like, oh, you drink five gallons of water in one sitting, you're going to die. Should oh, we yeah. water? And, and obviously that's like pretty extreme and absurd, and especially in the relation to what we were talking about with Kratom. But to that same point, I mean, caffeine is one of those things that you know that it raises your heart rate. There That's does why you're taking it, that, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you're taking it. There does have to be a certain level of, of self-responsibility when, uh, you know, you get a Red Bull. Okay, I shouldn't be slamming six back to back. That shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be waking up and immediately having three monsters. I shouldn't be having three energized lemonades. In this situation, it is different because of the well, lemonades. It's lemonade. It sounds yeah. very innocuous. And that the way that they advertise it was that it was like a coffee. Yeah, yeah. So. I, was, I guess I more was talking about like the monster and Red yeah. Bull and like caffeine in general. I should be conscious. I guess with the, with the lemonade, it is different, like we said in the past, because it's, it's almost as much, if not more, caffeine than some pre-workouts, which yeah. in a lemonade is just absolutely insane. Well, and with an unlimited sip club and an all-you-can-drink, it's almost incredible encouraging you to drink more than one serving because otherwise why get you know, they're losing out on value. It's ridiculous. You're throwing money away. (laughs) If you're not refilling before you leave the restaurant, you are just burning money. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, hopefully we don't see anything, uh, any more cases come of this. I'm surprised that there's already been three. This mm-hmm. was one that I thought was going to be a one-off. Me too. Me too. And and I also thought they were going to be a little bit more active in preventing this from happening. Yeah. Seems like, again, every, every case they get a little bit closer to uh, being safer with, I guess, the distribution of it. 
but uh, hopefully we don't see hear about it again. Yeah, but if there is one, we will talk about it. We will talk about it. Absolutely. Keep an eye out if you go to Panera, by the way. You definitely don't want to be risking anything. Uh, what, what other updates? Okay. So um, do you remember when we talked about the um, sodium nitrite suicide cases with Amazon? Yes, or, I do. Yeah. So people were ordering the sodium nitrite, um, and there had been um, some uh, quite a few posts on social media sites talking about how it was a quick and painless way to commit suicide and teens were ordering it um, off of Amazon, and Amazon was, was aware that uh, that these websites were, that were, the websites that were promoting suicide were actually driving sales to Amazon's Prime, or Amazon's online store. Well, and then you, I know that too, with the mother, the mother that had a kid that killed himself, and she reached out directly to Amazon right. support, letting them know about it. I think it was like three different occasions, and they just didn't do anything about it. And then the most insane part of this entire story was on the recommended list oh. of people also bought this was like other items that people use to kill themselves with. And it was just the most ridiculous, and completely unrelated too. Like yeah, the things yeah. that just you wouldn't, two normal person wouldn't get both together. Yeah. Well, so the and the, the the big issue that we talked about the last time was: is this the kind of lawsuit that can go forward? Um, you know, is this a viable claim? Uh, because the product isn't defective. The product does what it's supposed to do: mm-hmm. cures meats, um, and people are intentionally misusing it. Uh, so, can you blame the seller for that? And there were a number of claims in the lawsuit, and most of them got tossed, um, particularly with regard to, this was in Washington state, um, the Consumer Protection Act, um, which would require adequate warning. And it made sense that they would dismiss that one because the judge said, look, better warnings aren't going to avoid this because the people who are buying it intend to misuse it to kill themselves. So if you say, say, hey, this could could kill you, that's not going to work. And this lawsuit was against Amazon, not the manufacturer, correct? Right, Amazon. Okay, okay. And so so that claim and, and a number of others were dismissed, but two survived, and the claims are a claim called outrage, which I figure you'll you'll love that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there's a name for it. <laughs> there but. is such a claim of outrage, and that's just something that's so completely horrifying and outrageous. That that's good go that beyond. there is something uh-huh. like a, a area section so just legal. for that. It's like a, we don't know if we covered all the bases here. <laughs> Let's just throw in this this blank check. If it's just absolutely absurd, we can throw it under yeah, here. Yeah, just right under outrage. Uh, that one, and then also the negligence claim. Um, and so the negligence claim goes to what we were talking about, that they knew and they failed to do something to prevent yeah. it. Um, and again, this is they just survived a motion to dismiss. So we don't know that the case, you know, we don't know if the case will ultimately be successful, but it did get over a pretty big hurdle. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So I just wanted to kind of kind of give you an update on that one. Yeah, I think it makes sense with a case like this where it is kind of undefined territory. Is there responsibility? Is there isn't, you know, did they do anything wrong? And and I think from an outside perspective, especially with a mother that constantly warned them and let them know, it's pretty easy for us to say, yes, there was something wrong here. They should have done more. But it's completely different when you go into the courtroom and when you have to recite and reference specific Mm -hmm. laws or cases and what they actually did wrong. Right. And so in a situation like this, it sounds like the plaintiffs kind of threw a lot at the wall. Definitely. (laughs) Seeing seeing what would stick. Um, And luckily, one or two of them, two of them did. Mm -hmm. And and I learned something new every day. The outrage uh, was... One that yeah, yeah. Well, you don't see that very often because it has to be really, really extreme. Yeah. I mean, and that's usually if people do um, uh, include outrage, that's usually the one that gets tossed because it's like, ah, it's not that bad. Yeah. But, you know, that's like really above and beyond. Has there been any other cases that you can think of that have had that included outrage or or did outrage like that that section of it come from there being a case where you know maybe a defendant got away with something and everyone can kind of came back to the table and was like okay this is so fucking insane we have to add <laughs> something in the book for this you know uh, i actually did used to toss that in on occasion okay <laughs> but not just not that this is your standard case but especially like back in the day with um uh dui cases or dram shop cases where people were hor- horrendously overserved in fact um in generally it was dismissed but um, in fact, I think I talked to you about the one where they got the woman really, really drunk and then they kicked her out and oh, yeah. she walked into the street and got killed, you yeah. know? Um, and I thought that would constitute outrage. I mean, we ended up settling the case. We didn't get to trial. So, um, so I don't know how that would have, 
would have panned out. But yeah, it has to be something extreme like that. I can't think of any that have been like in the in the news. But um, this this you know it has potential here. It's always interesting when I hear about laws that are so subjective like that. Um, and it, what's and outrageous it, to you might not be outrageous to me. Exactly, <laughs> and depending on the judge that you get, that determines yeah. whether or not it's going to stick. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, and 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 you know, certainly the judges could have gone the other way on this easily. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm assuming we'll probably hear more about this down the line. Amazon is a massive company. Mm-hmm. They have an army of lawyers, I would assume, oh, yeah. and an endless bank account to really back this. Um, I, I don't know how big the plaintiff size is here, but I'm assuming that they're going to be putting quite a bit of manpower into this now that these two have stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's a big deal to Amazon also because they have so many products. And yeah. I mean, I guess the question would be, you know, how, what what is their response? Responsibility to products that can be misused mm-hmm. uh, for harm, particularly for minors. So it could it's open the door for a for lot. Them. It could open the door for a lot. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty big deal to them. So yeah, I'm assuming they'll probably actually now that I'm thinking about it more, opening the door with just how many products that are out there, how many products can be misused. I'm sure there's probably other products that people haven't even realized are kind of in the same category of being bought for the wrong reasons, or they're recommending just clearly, blatantly, you know bad things together that shouldn't be together. (laughs) Um, If this actually goes all the way through, I could imagine it being a pretty big deal on the back end for them, you know, reorganizing how, how things are recommended as well as the products that they do offer. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see. Um, any last updates? Okay, one more update. Um, the 3M settlement, which we've talked about um, a fair amount, and no, we cannot take more cases. That's the first thing. Um, but the, actu- the payments are actually starting. Um, and by the 31st of January, they're going to pay um, a little bit over 30,000 of the claimants. So this is actually moving very quickly. Yeah. Um, and in fact, some of our clients are going to be getting paid. So that is... Um, That is a good thing. That is really fast. How comparatively, to put it in reference, how much faster is this than other cases? Is it? Well, so this first payment, it's actually going to the ones that were um, in the process of getting worked up for trial. I mean, it's still, it's a lot of them. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 30,000. Yeah. But this was the biggest uh, multi, multi-district litigation um, ever wow. in U.S. history. Um, over 300,000 claims. Jesus. So and, that's a lot. Is, so this is a tiny percentage of them. Yeah. And many of these people are veterans because the 3M earplugs. Yeah. They're all, all yeah. It's okay. they're, they're military earplugs. So they're all veterans. Yeah. Well, that's good that it's moving faster. And it, it makes sense that this is such a massive case. I mean, Obviously, uh, veterans are, are very valued in the community and in mm-hmm. society. And, you know, Skyler, one of uh, my good friends from yeah. high school, you know, he's a veteran, um, actually on disability pay as well, because he got injured in, in oh, the Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, he's not like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to expose him, but he's not okay. in a wheelchair or anything. Okay. But uh, yeah, he did get, get surgery. But uh, it's good that there is kind of extra attention being brought here and that they are receiving their settlement sooner rather than later. Yeah, so that's in process. Um, but in case anybody was wondering if you sh- if you are um, a, if you did have a claim already filed, um, you know, reach out to your attorney. If you were in that first wave of cases, then you would be getting your money. Actually, you probably already know right now. Hopefully, your attorney would have told you. Um, but you should be getting paid very soon, um, and then hopefully they will continue to move from there. And if you haven't claimed yet, then it's it's too, too late. late. Too, too late, late. Unfortunately, for sure. Um, anything else on, on cases that we're handling? Um, yeah. So on cases that we're handling, um, a quick update on Zantac. We talked about that in a little bit more detail mm-hmm. last week. And the what's happened on these, so a lot of the cases that were in Florida, the original MDL got dismissed um, back at the end of 2022. And that was based on the expert witnesses. Um, and it's the same thing that happened with the Bear Hooker cases where the judge kicked out the witnesses. So then the cases got dismissed and they had to get appealed. Mm-hmm. So um, the there are cases that are scheduled to go to trial in, in uh, February, and there's a good chance that they're going to try to settle those out. Uh, there were the trials before that, there were four breast cancer trials that were scheduled to go to trial in October of 2023. And uh, GSK, the manufacturer, got those settled right away. So what it looks like they're trying to do is if the cases are getting ready to get to trial, then they're going to settle those. Um, and and uh, and then hopefully the cases in Florida will be revived and, and back 
Um, but these are cases that are still viable. Um, people are still filing lawsuits, and we're definitely still accepting cases. In fact, I think we signed a couple of those um, last week. Yeah, so. it makes sense that they are waiting until it gets closer to settlement. It sounds like they're biding their time and trying to avoid a situation where it goes to trial. Sorry, I think I said settlement. But before, trying to avoid a situation where it goes to trial and they get hit with a massive yeah, exactly. settlement exactly. because then that really opens up the floodgates for all these other cases. And uh, I'm assuming gives them a little bit more grounds to ask for higher amounts. Right. And so, and, and it's also a sign that those are pretty good cases if they're settling them, because if it's a really crappy case, they're going to want it to go to trial because then there's a good chance that, that, that the plaintiff loses, yeah. that they win, um, or that the, they, you know, that, 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 that they lose, but that there's a, a relatively small verdict. Um, but if it's a good case, then they're like, well, we got to get rid of these individual cases. We don't want some huge verdict. Um, and th- like you said, it, then it ups the value of all of the other cases. And, <clears throat> I'm, and I'm assuming it's probably pretty calculated on the defense side as well with the ones that they're really pushing for that are getting closer to trial because the ones that maybe are decent cases, not super great, not bad, uh, they still don't want to necessarily have that front and center for everyone to you know, risk going to trial and having that be a low settlement or them just not winning at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, those are cases that we're, we are still taking in Zantac. I mean, maybe I'll get a case for that. My stomach's been hired in quite a bit, uh, and I did use it for a few months, so <laughs> I'll <laughs> yes. have to get that checked out. All right, well, I hope your stomach's okay. My favorite part of the show, interesting cases in the news. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to really go at these. The last week was the zombie deer situation, which was a little misleading, a little disappointing. I got to be <laughs> I honest. Oh, it wasn't nearly as exciting um, as you. It still was exciting. That's yeah. not exactly what I was looking for. Well, so this one, I'm all just up in arms over this one, and I don't usually. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, well, <laughs> boiling. <laughs> Well, it personally affects me, but, um, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what you think. So a lawsuit has been filed against Dunkin' Donuts for disability discrimination. First the toilets, and now... <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts has been hurting. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. So disability discrimination, and this is because Dunkin' Donuts charges an upcharge for non-dairy milks. Okay. Okay. And I happen to experience this all the time. Starbucks does the same thing. Probably most of them do because I always get oat milk and it's like an extra 70 cents or something at at Starbucks, but I have never once complained. So this is why, how, what's the ground for it being disability discrimination? Right. Lactose intolerant. Okay. Wow. That's a disability. Well, I mean, I guess technically it is. I don't see people with handicap passes for... See, this is my thing. All right. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I, I mean, disability is... Okay, let's just actually look at the definition of disability. A physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more, one or more major life activities. Okay, major life activities are like... I thought you were going to get me here with like it being very much in this uh, area of, of <laughs> description, but I do think it, 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 there's a lot of leeway here. Major, major life areas or what was it? Major life. Uh, major life activities. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like walking, talking, working. I mean, having a lactose intolerance does not make you unable to do these things. You just don't drink milk. I mean, you get your coffee without milk. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I mean... They're arguing that it is a disability, but I mean, I don't see, I, I, what, what, what level does it have to get to? I mean, it bothers my stomach a little bit. I went on a 90 day <laughs> deal to, to take dairy and gluten out to see if it, it made a difference. And I farted less. That was basically it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm lactose intolerant. It did bother my stomach a little bit, not enough to make me stop having lattes before. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I'm having oat milk lattes. My stomach feels better. I'm going to keep doing that. But even when I was having the, the regular milk lattes, I mean, I could carry on a job. I could drive my car. I didn't need park handicap parking. Well, who knows? I mean, major life activities, you'd mentioned walking and driving and all that. I mean, if someone is just oblivious to lactose intolerant or they just don't care and they're drinking all the lactose lactose in the world what if they start walking and they just boom shit their pants or that's what could have happened in that airplane exactly had to turn around exactly exactly and i bet you she went to dunkin donuts she would try to get a lactose free coffee but it was more so she said no she said no i think i can make it and look what happened 
just shit her pants all over the airplane. And the entire plane had to turn around. A full biohazard stream of poo going down the airplane. <laughs> so, so let me get this right. You're on the side that this is an absurd lawsuit. Well, I think I don't know if I'm quite good at absurd or outrage, but <laughs> outrage. Yeah. But 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 kind of. BSE. I mean, like, seriously, first of all, do you have like a God given right to a latte <laughs> yeah. to start with? I mean, yeah. you know, maybe you can't have lattes. God given right. Well, <laughs> or is it in the Constitution? It was the top 10 Testament. It was number <laughs> life, three. Life, liberty, and lattes. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. Is that what it Pursuit comes to? Pursuit of happiness. To? Yes. Well, happiness can. Can, can be dependent. But I mean, it just, well, I guess what, what I would start wondering is like, where is this going to go? Because people have gluten intolerances. People have nut allergies. I mean, if you have a nut allergy, then you don't eat foods that have nuts. Okay. No. Um, You're shit out of luck. Sorry. You know, I mean, does this, does this restaurant have to offer pecan pie with fake nuts at the same price? I mean, I don't know. See, that, that's the, the price thing is what I think is... Uh, Products like this cost more. If that's just the way of the world, like businesses shouldn't necessarily. I don't think businesses should have to incur that charge because even if they are charging where they're making no profit for substituting almond milk or, or lactose-free, uh, fat-free milk, whatever it may be, even if they're making no profit, they still have to charge more. And are they in the wrong because they're not taking that? that bullet they're not taking that loss well so th then that's the argument that if it truly is a disability then they have to make reasonable accommodations for people with that disability but is it a reasonable accommodation i mean you uh, know and yeah. if it costs them more can you pass it on i mean can i just go to a restaurant and say you know hamburger doesn't sit well with me but flame and yawn man i digest that yeah so you can't charge me more for that yeah i mean I mean, there's there's an argument there. I think an interesting decision, too, to go with Dunkin' Donuts because, like you said, Starbucks and just about everywhere else also charges extra. But Dunkin' Donuts, I would assume, probably doesn't have as deep pockets as Starbucks. <laughs> you know, if they think they're going to get away with some slick lawsuit here, Dunkin' Donuts, maybe Baskin-Robbins would probably be my first pick because they would they'd be, you know, bottom of the uh, wanting to deal with the, the charges of lawyers. Well, they can't even fix their toilets. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Well, maybe if they charge a little bit more for coffee, then they would have enough money to fix their toilets. It's just a full <laughs> flywheel effect here. But maybe the toilet wouldn't be damaged if people hadn't had the, the less expensive shit. lactose full milk, That's and then they broke the toilet. I think you figured out the, the, the cause here. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all yeah. coming together. But it just also feels like a little first world, too, because, you know, we're complaining about our yeah. $6 lattes. Well, is it going to be $6.50, or is it going to be $6? I mean, you know... Just don't buy a fucking latte. Wow. Well, <laughs> like, there's, like there's just like a point. If, I the mean, 50 if the 50 cents is that big of a deal for you, you should not be buying a latte. That's what, that's what I'm saying is, I mean, you're buying a $6 coffee, for God's sake. Make it at home. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> buy your own, buy your own uh, well, I, I oat also, milk or soy milk or... I also think it just gives lawyers a bad rap. Like it just feeds into this narrative of being able to, to or wanting to sue everything, ambulance chaser... Like, the, you know, there being no grounds. And uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a fan of that, right? We work for, a law, yeah. I work for a law firm, you yeah. own a law firm. So uh, anything that kind of looks bad on the overall field or industries. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't have taken this case. I'm surprised someone did. Yeah. Well, I, one of the other arguments I thought was kind of funny was that they said um, they offer decaf or, um, you know, uh, uh, no sugar at, at no additional cost. So people who have diabetes, um, weight control issues, or hypertension are not discriminated against. Isn't there lactose in, in donuts too? Like a majority of donuts? Use well, there's probably some, uh, yeah, milk. Milk um, and like the, 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 the frosting. I bet you the same person that doesn't want to pay extra because they're lactose intolerant is probably eating a lactose donut. Probably <laughs> so with the some milk in the frosting. Uh, well, this doesn't hurt me, but this <laughs> this fifty cents, this uh, extra lactose in my coffee, this is fucking fucking me up, ruining my day. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it definitely, I was like, wait a minute. And and because and, and, I get lattes regularly and I do get them with oat milk and it does cost more, but I just figure, you know, I feel a little bit better with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may be what will happen. Maybe this will be some big issue and they'll just want to do the right thing and stop charging. I did have, actually, it's it, it, it was interesting timing because I went to a, a, a little uh, meetup with some friends at, um, it was called the Hello Cafe here in Tucson. It's just a little teeny tiny independent cafe and um, ordered a latte. And they actually have a sign that um, uh, milk alternatives, no extra charge. It's the first time I've ever seen that, which just goes to the fact that everybody does this. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, probably because it costs them more. Um, Just like, like, you know, I mean, when I was doing the gluten thing for 90 days, um, if you wanted a hamburger with a gluten-free bun, it was like an extra dollar. Yeah. Well, also, you know what? Now that I've thought about it a bit, I wish they would charge more because there's been a lot of times I've gone to Starbucks and they're out of oat milk. Supply, demand, Ah! you raise the price, less people get it. And then when I go, because it used to never be a problem. I used to be able to get oat milk every single time. And now it's at least one out of three times they're out of oat milk and I have to go to fat-free milk. I look. I'll pay two dollars. I don't care. Give me, <laughs> give me my goddamn oat milk. Okay, it, it it changes the taste. I like it more. It makes my morning. Okay. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, what other interesting cases are there? Um. Well, let's see. So, uh, but this is a little update on the Alaska Airlines. Um. And and I'm sure there's going to be updates on this one time. You know, it, it, they're just getting into the whole investigation. Um. But but it was and and I guess nothing about this is really funny. But um. It, I guess odd. I would say. Um. They in during the investigation, they determined that someone in the Alaska Airlines chain of command. Um, decided that the plane, well, they, the, so these lights had come on saying that there was air pressure, air pressure warning lights um, and deciding whether or not they were going to fly. Somebody decided that the plane was unsafe to fly over the ocean, mm-hmm. but safe to fly over land. Okay. Which makes absolutely no sense to me. See, I would agree with you. However, However. with the most recent situation with the Boeing door flying well, this off- is it, yeah. Oh, th- this is the same thing? Yeah. What? But it, why is it specific with Alaska Airlines? Oh, because it was their plane. Okay. So it's Alaska Airlines. Uh, yeah. So it was a Boeing plane um, owned by Alaska Airlines. And Alaska I Airlines see. is the one who made the call when they when they were getting this warning light. And they okay. were like, oh, okay, it's all right. So this is the same case where the, the door flew yes, off. Yes, the door and, flew oh, off. Okay. Because that of makes the, more sense. Yeah, the because plug. The conversation, even outside of when we talked about this last week, and whenever I see headlines, it's always Boeing. And right. I mean, Alaska. I was pretty lucky because <laughs> I, I did not know Alaska Airlines was responsible, which is crazy because I've flown on Alaska Airlines as well. So, so that that's actually crazy. They there were warning signals that something was wrong in in the pressure plane. issue. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and they yeah. thought it wasn't okay to fly over ocean, but okay over land, and. But they were they planning on was that plane scheduled to go over the ocean? Did no, they... no. So that's why they let it go forward. Oh, okay. They let the flight go, um, and and so and, and Boeing is on the hook too. Yeah, right. Um, but 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 Alaska as well. So and and this is all fleshing out now. I mean, the investigation yeah. is ongoing, so we're going to hear things. But this was just like the the little last little most recent little tidbit, um, and it was just like what in the heck? I mean, I don't want to go down in a plane on land or ocean. I don't yeah. know which one's worse, quite frankly. That's it's funny you say that because th- then it puts you in the perspective of like, if they're thinking about that, then they're thinking like, <laughs> well, if it does go down, <laughs> you know, they're literally thinking, okay, it's going to go down. At least it won't go down over the ocean. That is worst case scenario. Why though? I mean. Which is insane as well, because if for an emergency landing, ocean's better. Water's better, I, right? I don't really know which one's better, but uh, they're ocean's both really, really bad. Both. Yeah. I would pass on both. <laughs> If I was given the option, I'd say, no, thank you. Uh, Black or white, no, gray. I'm sticking with the gray. No gray drinking, but uh, gray for uh, the... Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more more, uh, information coming out as this uh, investigation goes on. But definitely Alaska. And Alaska uh, Airlines CEO came out and did like a whole video apology and explanation and reassurance that all of these um, planes, yeah, were were being grounded and and being inspected and all of that. So anyway, that's um, just a hot topic in in, uh, uh, in the news. Well, I will not be going on Alaska Airlines. 
uh, it seems like that is a deep-rooted problem there, even within the, uh, what's it called, like the worker? Okay, I don't know. I'm being the chain of command there or whatever. But, yeah. Well, but just the fact that, I mean, that just seems absolutely insane. I mean, be like, oh, it's just a little warning light. It's probably fine. I'd rather have that than, well, it's okay over land, but it's not okay overseas. Was it a pilot or was it... Um... They didn't specify. It's just that someone in the chain of command who was making the, the I would call. imagine the pilot had to have been made aware. Right. The pilot would have been made aware and then, you know, reported back to here's what's going on. Do we fly? Do we not fly? Uh, and the decision was, you fly. Yeah. Just fuck. not over I was a pilot. I'd be like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no shot. No shot. Well... Um, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that. I'm a loyal American Airlines boy, oh, so I'll be sticking with that. Um, Alaska Airlines, eh? enjoy it, you Alaskans. Hopefully you don't go down on the next one. Fingers crossed. Uh, other interesting cases. We are kind of coming to a close here, so I don't know if you want to... Yeah, well, actually, a couple of things. So um, I did want to answer another question because we're going to we're, we're kind of hitting on some of the uh, frequently asked questions. And then the other thing we had talked uh, yes or last week briefly about um, the HIV drugs and the patent. And we were talking about like how long the patents lasted. Um, and and I'd said, I, I, I said it was around 20 years. And I actually just double checked that. And, and actually patents do last for 20 years for drugs. But the interesting thing about that um, is that, you know, that's when you patent it. But by the time you get it to market, half of that time might be gone. That was like 12 to 14. That was so the number in my head. So probably, yeah. So technically the patent is good for 20 years, but it may only be and if it may only really be on the market sense um you know for 12 to 14 years maybe less okay so uh, anyway just wanted to kind of clear that up mm-hmm. um and then um as far as questions um our question of the week frequently asked, uh, asked question and uh this one is asked quite a lot and for some reason people call us when other attorneys have made offers um should i take the settlement offer or should i go to trial and of course, the answer is it depends. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of people hear about these huge verdicts in the news, and so the offer, a settlement offer, is never going to be you know some you know multi billion dollar award. It's just not. Um, you know, and I think we mentioned we touched on earlier a settlement offer is a compromise, and it's more than the defendant wants to pay, and it's less than the plaintiff wants to take. So uh, each side is going to be somewhat un happy, but a good settlement basically makes both sides unhappy. It's not really extreme. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. And, and I think people don't realize that. They just think, um, they think about the upsides when they go to trial, like, well, why should I take a hundred thousand? Well, maybe I could get a million. Yeah. Um, but, and then that's where you really do need to talk to your lawyer about what are the risks that you get zero, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then what are the risks that you get less than what you're offered? It's, you know, it's a guarantee. Um, you're not taking all of the risk. You're not going through the hassle of a trial. Um, and then also, like we see with uh, Johnson & Johnson, um, these cases get appealed. Yeah. And so even if you got a, a good verdict, what I've seen happen a lot of times is we get a good verdict, and then the defense says, I'll agree not to appeal if you take X, which is significantly less than the verdict. You know, and again, the person has to make that decision. What you know, what's the the, the value of time, yeah. right? Um, am I going to get this amount in two years, or is it going to turn around and I have to go back to trial and try again? Because yeah. this is, you know, and so a lot of that again, it's very fact specific, and you want to talk to your attorney about you know the likelihood of the appeal being successful, what the grounds for the appeal would be, um, and and uh, you know, and have a good idea of what the kind of the going values are for these types of cases. Not the extreme ones that you see in the news, but the ones that are happening on a regular basis and mm-hmm. what, you know, kind of average verdicts are, because you're going to get some defense, you're going to get some high ones. And then what's, what are those middle range ones? Yeah. And, and I mean, it is just so dependent on, on every unique situation. It's hard to give an answer one way or the other for, for all those reasons. And also like, like you touched on is the personal effect of it too. You know, if it's something where, you know, you're diagnosed with cancer and you maybe have five, 10 years or, you know, maybe even less and you have this settlement and maybe it's not exactly what you're looking for, but if it's going to be drawn out for another, mm-hmm. you know, three, yeah, to five, you're not going to survive years. and see justice or see your day in court. And yeah. maybe, you know, the value of that money now you could really use it and, and well, also pain and suffering dies with the, the, 
defendant, right? Or the plaintiff, sorry. Right. So, well, in some states and in Arizona, it definitely does. Um, and so then the value of the case is the loss to your family. It becomes a wrongful death claim. Yeah. And then it's the loss of, you know, the love and affection. Um, and then your family has to go through that whole situation as well. Right, and right. I'm, sur- I'm assuming if it does go to trial, testify about the loss and all that. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough call, but we get so many calls about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my lawyer said that I should take this and I think it's low ball. And, and of course, you know, some outside attorney doesn't know all of the details and the yeah. specifics of the case. Um, you know, but there are times where, you know, we've got a lot of these calls actually with the transvaginal mesh cases and we settled a lot of those cases and some of those were litigated. In fact, there's one that's just getting resolved now, um, has gone on for years. Um, but, but we did have a pretty good feel for what, um, Mm -hmm. type of injuries and what other settlements were, what the, what that reasonable range was. So, and there were a few times there where I did see situations where I thought people were getting lowballed and and let them know that. I was going to ask how common it was or if it was reasonable for people to ask for a second opinion because I would imagine it it is because I almost compare it with going to the doctor where you get a diagnosis or recommended on a medication Mm -hmm. and sometimes it just doesn't feel right or it doesn't sit right with you and you want to go get a second opinion and that's often recommended, right? Like you go and see another specialist or someone that maybe is a specialist in a different area that might have a better idea as well. and, and I think it makes sense with cases like this where, you know, the clients or the patients, they don't know what's best. They haven't mm, gone yeah. to school for all these years. They haven't don't have years of experience in the field. So the best decision is to obviously trust the people that have, but you also want a second opinion because a lot of uh, different experienced attorneys are going to have different opinions. But at the same time, I mean, the, you know, the second opinion, they're not going to be able to have nearly as much information as the first compared to a doctor's office where they can actually yeah, look, look at, at records. Yeah. Although, you know, I have had situations, too, where I've had clients where I thought they were being unreasonable. And I've said, please, please go get a second yeah. opinion. Talk to as many other attorneys as you want. Um, and if you find somebody who really thinks that you shouldn't take this offer, I'm happy to transfer the file to them if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know. Because sometimes people just, they, they don't know. And, you know, and they see these things in the news and they're like, well, I'm never settling for less than $5 million. I'm like, well, they're never yeah. going to offer you that. This, that lady, what, burnt herself with McDonald's coffee and she got $9 million. I can't even get a million. Come on here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, so definitely, I, th- I think it is reasonable to ask for a second opinion. Um, and, and really the other thing too, is just to, to ask for, you know, some, some time and attention from your attorney. Like, you know, can you sit down and just explain to me, you know, all of the reasons why, you know, rather than, because sometimes attorneys get really busy and they're like, this is a good offer. You should take it. You know, well, what about this? What about that? And sometimes as attorneys, we forget that people don't kind of know, they don't do this every day. Um, and they don't know all of the pluses and the minuses and the risks. And so it, it just, sometimes you just really need a good sit down with your attorney, um, and have them put the time in to make sure that you understand so that you're making, you know, you know, an informed decision, just like informed consent with doctors. Yeah. And I'm assuming majority of them would be more than happy to do it. But like you said, uh, after doing it for so much time, sometimes you just forget that that, uh, a lot of these things that seem so obvious. I mean, even on this podcast, I'll ask questions and you'll be like, oh, well, I just... I forgot that. Like people don't know what this yeah, is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, have those questions, ask those questions. If you have concerns, definitely voice them. And if you are looking for another opinion, you can always call us and, and give us, uh, you know, the lowdown on what's going on, but we may not be able to, to give you, um, you know, the, the answer you're looking for or an answer if we don't have, you know, all the information, because I'm assuming your attorney probably has been working on this for a long right, time. Right, right. Well, and then every once in a while, like in those situations, I've actually called the other attorney and kind of gotten some more information and then I could kind of reassure the client as well. Um, But again, if it's an area that we are not involved in, we generally do know who is involved in that area. And so we could, we could make referrals for you. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, I think uh, today's show was absolutely fantastic. We went over quite a variety of topics. If anyone has any questions or concerns, please feel free to throw them in the comment section wherever you're watching this, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, you throw it in the comment section and we'll see it. If it's something that you don't necessarily want to be out there in the public, completely understandable, you can send it to us in DMs or even better, you can email us podcast at showeredlaw.com. 
questions stories whatever it may be and we'll be happy to get back to you either uh back over email or we'll talk about it on the show and uh, hopefully you know educate some other people on experiences that others have had uh, appreciate all of you for hanging out with us and listening to our stories our ramblings our cases hope to see you next week have a good one prioritizing profits prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases